Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from listeners, people who love the show enough to donate at our website, thebittersweetlife.net, or through Patreon at patreon.com slash thebittersweetlifepodcast. Support also comes from Italy Beyond the Obvious, offering travel consulting and planning services for your next Italian vacation. ItalyBeyondTheObvious.com And if you run a business, a podcast, or any other kind of artistic endeavor, and you want a shout-out from us on our show, support us on Patreon at the $50 a month level. If you've never heard this show before, glad you found us. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm a longtime public radio producer and host who five years ago stepped off the path, quit my job, and moved to Rome. That was very out of character for me. But that's where this show begins, and where we begin exploring what happens when you take a risk. What happens when you decide to begin again? Or what happens when you move abroad, or even just away? Together we hope to discover what possibilities life is still offering us. My co-host is Tiffany Parks. She's a writer and an expat living in Rome for the last decade. She dreamed of moving to Rome, and so she went. No real plan other than to try. We're childhood friends, too. We met on the school bus in the sixth grade. Don't be afraid to start way back at the beginning of the show. That's when we're on the streets of Rome. And subscribe and join us today, too. We'll keep you in good company. And you might just change your life. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Tiffany is away this week, and this is part two of a conversation with Sherry Salata, Oprah Winfrey's former executive producer. Sherry also served as the co-president of Harper Studios and of the OWN Network. She's joined by Nancy Halla, her best friend and co-host on The Sherry and Nancy Show. If you haven't heard part one, go back and listen to episode 279. Do that first. You'll enjoy this conversation a lot more if you do. Now, Nancy's book is titled The Beautiful No and Other Tales of Trial, Transcendence, and Transformation. But what is the beautiful no? Well, don't you know it? I asked her. Here's Sherry. Yeah, the beautiful no is the story about how I got the job at the Oprah show. And and basically, um, right before that day that changed everything in my life forever, I had gone freelance. I was an, I produced television commercials. And I had gotten that break about seven years earlier. I learned how to produce. I was producing television commercials. It's how I met Nancy because her ex-husband was my creative partner. And we'd go and do hairspray commercials together. And then I met Nance and then we were like, yay, Yay. (laughs) friends for life, friends for life. And um, so and but then I, I wasn't happy at the agency I was at. So I left to freelance thinking, you know, I'll g- grab some big accounts or I'll, I'll get myself into a better agency. Those were some lean years. Oh, my God. Well, that turned out not to be my my gift, selling myself for dollars <laughs> on the phone every day. So pretty soon I have no money. 
it was the Nancy dropping off casseroles at my at my condo that days. That was nice. I had no money. I to make sure she was eating. And <laughs> I thing. like I was like, God, I'm so bad at this. Trying to like, yes, people would be like, yeah, you know, he's not in this week. Yeah, okay. Do you want to leave a message? No, thanks. You know, I was just so bad at drumming up work. So finally, I got a big shot at a huge job. And I went in for the interview and it was, I mean, it was a slam dunk. He loved me. He's like, you're it, you're done. He, he all but showed me my office. You're exactly what I want. And I summoned the gang. And you remember, we, yeah. we, we popped the champagne. We were we so like, excited. We were so relieved. Like crying. <laughs> like crying. Like, oh my God. Sherry's going to survive. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, what happened is I didn't get the job. I get the form letter. It comes. I'm sorry. Thank you for coming in. We're not, we're not hiring at this time. It was a blow. And it was such a blow because I was 35 years old. And now I had no money. I thought I had a prospect here. It didn't work out. I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. You know, it was really like, it was that moment where you kind of throw in the vibrational towel and just say, my hands are open. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And shortly after that, I get a message from the Oprah show to come in and freelance. And I, I would like to say that I was wise enough to see this then, but it was a while later when I looked back and realized, had I gotten that big job at that big salary and I got that call from the Oprah show to come in freelance, I would have been like, absolutely not. I wouldn't have been able to risk the security that I was so desperately looking for in order to take a chance at that dream. And I realized, wow, that is the most beautiful no you've ever gotten. That because it changed the the rest of my life. It changed everything. Well, and if you write, if you could just acknowledge that all these great no's, you know, that happened in the past, what if we saw every no as... The beautiful gift. now. But of course, yeah, you yeah. can't see it in the moment. Well, that's, maybe, that, that, that's Buddha level knowledge. I know. <laughs> if you could, in, in the moment, if you could be like, thank you, universe, for that no. Yes, but that's the practice, though. That is the practice. And here's why. That's right. Because, and, and this is something that we talk about all the time. I do not want to waste any more time in depression, in feeling badly. I want to contain that. I'm human. So I'm going to have blue days, but I want to contain them to as few as possible. You know, I don't want to be laying on the couch for six months going, whoa, is me, you know, or just the things that happen when we get the wind knocked out of us. Yeah. I mean, I feel like now I'm really trying to train myself to think and really believe that if something passes me by, whether it's a chance at love, whether it's a job, whether it's anything, it was not meant for me. And the things that are meant for me, there is no way for me to miss them. They are coming straight at me. I love it. So everything that's meant for me, boom, I know for sure I'm getting it. And the things I don't get, waste not a thought on it. it I was love not meant that, for Nancy. You. That's so that's, good. Well, that's my, that's my goal. That's, yes. my, I, that's my practice. I'm not saying I've achieved it. But that's my practice. Be the Buddha. Yes, Be the Buddha. It's not like in creating this program or in writing this book, you, you have both arrived and now you have everything you've oh, ever wanted. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, but, but, he, but here's the thing. I, I would say we both have a way greater appreciation for the abundance that, that surrounds us 100%, right now. yeah. And, and then that just seems to draw more abundance in. It's, mm -hmm. it's really quite amazing. Mm -hmm. What is fresh joy? Well, I mean, here, here's the thing. When you get to be in your 50s, you're routinized a little bit. 
you're doing the same thing. I mean, I think about like when I worked at Harpo and I lived on the drive, I went back and forth the same way to work for 11 years. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you get out of that kind of rut and you're like, whoa, look at this street, you know, and what's <laughs> happening. Whoa. I remember when, um, when like the first week after I left OWN and I went into the Chase Bank in Los Feliz and I'm like, hello, my friends. Oh, my God. It was I so am Sherry hilarious. Salada. Every time then we would go into that bank. I'm here to cash a check. That's where we would do our business. And she'd be like, come on, Nancy, come over here and meet the manager of this bank. I know. He's a very nice guy. And I'm I like, know. oh, my God. And then, yes, talking to all the tellers. Hi, everybody. I mean, I hadn't gone in a bank and cashed a check in years because I rarely left my desk. And my sweet assistants would do that for me. So, yeah, here's what fresh joy is. Nance and I, was it for your birthday three years ago, piling into a car driving to Mammoth, California, right. and strapping on rental skis and sailing, whizzing down a mountain. It's like... All, you're, you're For the bra- first time since high school. Your what? brains are scrambled. <laughs> you're like, oh my God. Fresh joy is is deliberately stirring, stirring up happy feelings for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's usually when you can bring some newness in. It's hard to find new in the middle of life without a deliberate effort. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the things I love about about mixing it up in terms of where you live too. And I know that not everybody can do that, but I'm 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 new to Seattle. I moved here in March. Sherry's new to Napa. She moved to Napa in in February or January. January yeah. And and even your your time in Rome. It's like if there's one really easy way to find newness and fresh joy, I th- it's it's to really mix up your surroundings. Because mm-hmm. now it's just like every time I go to a farmer's market in Seattle, I'm like, oh my god, look at the pickling cucumbers. Oh my goodness, look at this. It's just so much fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so interesting too how quickly people forget that they can turn right instead of left, you know? Yes. Like when I used to work here, we're in the old studios I used to work in. There's an entire street out there covered in food from different places. And I tell you, I ate at the same four or five places every single week. Yeah. And part of that was because of the, like the bank tellers. I had relationships with the owners and I liked seeing them, but also it was just sort of, well, what, how much time do I have? I only go there, there, there. And then mm-hmm. somebody would want to have a lunch meeting and they'd say, well, why don't we try that new place? And you're like, well, I don't know if I want to go to a <laughs> new place. But we could just get lentil soup across the street. I know. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. But, I mean, you also do say in the book that there is a, a place in, in all this discovery to maintain rituals in your life as well. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm deep. I'm a deep, deep ritual girl. I think it's my grandmother's, particularly my maternal grandmother, Annie. Things were in a beautiful bone china cup. Like there there just was a sense of ritual around around holidays and things. And I've been, gosh, Nance, you've known me forever. When I had no money, I was lighting candles. She was lighting little little candles from the dollar store, but they were but they were candles. <laughs> they were candles. They were candles. And yeah, she's uh, Sherry's always had a really great sense of how to feather her nest in a way that feels very special and cozy and delightful and yeah and beautiful, regardless of the price point of the objects inside the room. And that has to do with your sense of ritual. And I think that that's I like why ritual. you're such a great hostess. You're such a great welcome. Like you walk into your home, you feel so welcome because there's always going to be the things that I've come to expect from you. Yeah. You know, I think I think ritual is a way of bringing sacred to life, you know, and even bringing a little of that to daily life. I, I mean, of course, I noticed that immediately when I walked into your house. I, it's my first time seeing Nancy's house in Seattle, and she probably had 20 candles lit. 
and that group. was a nice. And I'm just like, that is just, that is a thing that I notice, and it adds something a little sacred and reverent mm-hmm. to a meeting and to a an arrival. Oh, I like that, reverent. That's nice. Yeah. So it's not really that if the person listening wants to reinvent themselves or their life, it's not that they have to throw out everything. It's not no. like you threw away the Oprah show and then we're like, no, I have nothing. I'll begin no. at square one. You bring the talents you already have, of course, but how do you integrate the new life with the old life is really one of the questions. Well, and here's here's an interesting thing, and maybe this will be helpful to all of you listening, is that Nancy and I encouraged each other to do a dreaming process, like for real, not like, you know, like kind of an airy fairy cotton candy wisp of a thing, but to really start to, to dream up how we wanted to feel, you know, we both have expat dreams, by the way. Mm-hmm. I know. You know, oh, we yeah. do. very exciting. And uh, I believe you, Rome or Tuscany, you Paris. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. I'm yes. pointing to, sorry. <laughs> Tony, yes. That was bad. Yes. Uh, bad <laughs> <podcasting>. <laughs> I'm getting really relaxed in this old studio. Oh, that's um, so funny. Sherry, Rome, Nancy, Paris. Yes. But please go on. Yeah. I was going to ask that if you, if you, in this dreaming process, if you guys have identified a dream that you've had since you were a kid or maybe since you've started this process that you haven't yet gone after. Nance, do you have? Well, I mean, I have, yeah, I, I have an, I have a dream of living either in Paris or in, you know, in Provence in a beautiful little farmhouse and just cooking and writing and living or living in Paris and being involved in, in a very immersive language and professional cooking sort of experience. And so those are two sort of different dreams, but kind of in the same location. But I feel like, I, f- I honestly feel like I could do that anytime I wanted to. It doesn't feel to me anymore like some distant, distant yeah. hope in the future. Like, well, if only. I mean, the truth is, is if I decided to do that, I could do that right now. And that's really how I feel about my life now. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's, it's total like, freedom. It's, like, it's, like it's really freedom. embracing the freedom yeah. you have. Yeah. You know, we learned from this wonderful uh, writer, Marsha Weeder, that it's the law of prerequisites, meaning that you don't make these big jumps and these big life changes until this happens. And that to really have that life of your dreams, you have to start to challenge that law of prerequisites. Like, you know, I can't live in Tuscany till my parents are dead, being a prime example. And understanding that if you challenge that, maybe you can figure out a way to do it and still have all those things. Mm-hmm. But you know, you did it. You did it. Yeah, surprisingly so. It's interesting, too, when you were talking about that, that sometimes dreams that we say that we had, say, from childhood or from adulthood, let's say we've always said, oh, I've always said I wanted to live in France. Sometimes it's equally difficult to realize that a dream that you've been talking about like that maybe something that you don't actually want to do anymore because on the flip side of that it's when you've been talking about wanting to do something forever and maybe it doesn't fit anymore it's hard to admit to yourself that you can let that go even though you've talked about it forever it's not what you want to actually do that is do. so wise that mm-hmm. is so wise yes indeed that's why that dreaming process now is so important because you're not going to have the same dreams you had 10 years ago mm-hmm. you know and yes it's okay let it go what's your new dream yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember reading somewhere or, or listening to somebody talking and, and she said, 
you can never really give up on a big dream. What you can do is beat yourself up about it. Oh. If, if there's a dream that you really have that you really do hang on to and like authentically hang on to, not, not an old story and for some reason you just keep telling the same story. But I mean, if there's a big dream that you've had, that dream is there like that. In other words, that and you've really, you know, seeded the landscape for, for the truth of that to come true. So you can never really give up on it, but you can definitely torture yourself about it for the rest of your life. Like I could torture myself and say, I'm going to do this one day, one day, one day, one day, and then just never do it and be, you know, on my deathbed at, at 105 and be like, wow, I never did that. So I feel like, yes, you should always be excavating your dreams and really exploring them. Are these my dreams? What are my new dreams? But when you have one that feels like a bedrock dream, it's never going to go away. Even if you stop paying attention to it, all you're going to do is torture yourself about it. So that's why just saying to yourself, yes, that's my dream. I accept it. I'm doing it. And as you write the book, living like you're going to, you have a long way to go, but you could also die at any time. That's right. That's a shorthand. You said it much nicer. That's right. Well, yeah, you live you live today like it's it's your last. It might be the only day you get, and we've all had painful losses in our lives that demonstrate that to us. But you dream like you're going to live to be 110. You know, so big, bold, interesting dreams. So when you're 45 and 50 and 55 and 60 and 65, as long as you're waking up every day, you still get to dream. You still get to manifest. You still get to create your joy ride. All you have to do is wake up in the morning and you get another chance. Mm -hmm. Hi there, it's Tiffany. And I'm Katie. We are breaking into the show really quick so I can ask Katie a question. Yes. So since you've worked for public radio for almost two decades, I mean, you're a trained radio professional. Yeah. Yeah. What is it like for you, specifically for you, to listen to podcasts? I mean, podcasting is kind of like the new blogging. Everyone's doing it. Everyone and their uncle, people who probably have no experience. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants to have a podcast right now. (laughs) Everybody wants to have a podcast. What do you make of it? Well, in a way, I really love it because I'm a huge fan of audio as a medium for art. I have loved radio since I was a little, a little, little, little person. So I'm very glad that people are so interested in it. That said, I audition new podcasts every single week. Really? Looking for new things to listen to. And I hear a lot of shows that are making mistakes that could be avoided if the hosts or the producers of those shows knew a little bit more about radio and weren't just trying to dive in and get going at it. If they knew a little bit more about what makes radio work and what makes it not work, that sort of thing. Hmm. And now people can get that advice directly from you. That's right. I know. So podcast consulting with Katie. This is just one of many thank you gifts that you'll find at our new Patreon page. So you can get help with your podcast dreams and support the show that you love at the same time. Yes. Visit patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast. Pledge to financially support this show. And you can pick up some podcasting help or some other great prizes if you prefer. Patreon, if you've never heard of it before, is a website that makes it easy for you to support the independent art that you love. Like this show. Yes, we we humbly consider ourselves artists. And we work really hard to make this show. And we hope that it inspires you and that it entertains you. And if it does... We ask you to help support it. Yes. You know that art doesn't occur in a vacuum. It needs people who are patrons of those arts to keep them going. We can't do it without you. Please visit patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast right now and help us keep this show going. 
That's spelled, if you're a terrible speller like me, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash thebittersweetlife, and we'll put a link in the show notes too. Thank you so much. And now back to the show. Just because on the show, I have a tendency to always say to Tiffany, who's my co-host and lifelong friend. I was actually uh, going to ask you guys how long you were friends because I calculated Tiffany and I have known each other for 31 years now. Oh, <laughs> so we're good. rivaling you guys just yeah. slightly, slightly. But one thing I always say to her when a topic comes up that's about depression or being stuck in a rut or even the fact that Tiffany has a bit of an iPhone addiction, I always say, look up and see what the birds are doing. If you're ever feeling like, oh, everything's so overwhelming, take a walk, see what the birds are up to. Because they're in this big community that has nothing to do with us whatsoever. Right. <laughs> and I thought That's it was, a good one. I thought it was kind of nice because you end the book by looking up and seeing what a dragonfly is doing. Yes. So it's not exactly the same, but what is this dragonfly doing? Well, I mean, it was a very, very transformative and transcendent experience. I was trying to write, to wrap this up, this book up. And I was in a rented cottagey kind of thing in Sonoma and there was a big wall of windows and a dragonfly flew in and went right up to the skylight and for the rest of the afternoon I just had to listen to her beat her wings as she looked at the blue sky and couldn't get through the glass it was super super painful and you know in the end in the end we got her out of the house you know, I walked her to, to safety. But, oh, that's why that happened. Because that is, that's one way to go. Where you just keep beating your wings and keep beating your wings. And, you know, the life of your dreams eludes you because you think it's there. You think it's there. You think it's there. You see the blue sky. But there's these barriers, our limiting beliefs, our own energetic way of looking at the world, our own unhappiness is like that glass barrier. And over there, walk this way, over there, there is an, an easier road if we will only turn our heads to see it. Yeah, it's like taking that right instead of that left. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sherry Salata and Nancy Halla are the hosts of the Sherry and Nancy Show and the visionaries of the Pillar Life. Sherry's book is called The Beautiful No and Other Tales of Trial, Transcendence, and Transformation, we're giving away three copies of that book thanks to your publicist. Yay! Nice. So generous. Yes. <laughs> I love them. And I asked you, I have my copy here, which is, has weathered the storm of me going through it deeply, but uh, we can add that one on the pile if you want to sign it. Yes. Um, so follow The Bittersweet Life on social media, and Tiffany will tell you how you can win. Uh, just search for The Bittersweet Life on the big three, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And how can people find you if they want to follow you more? Well, thepillarlife.com is our website, our digital platform where we can you can learn all about the pillars and about what we're doing. We have a Pillar Life shop and Pillar Life recipes and all kinds of stuff going on on our website. The Sherry and Nancy Show is yes. available on all platforms. And then there is a free companion workbook that goes with The Beautiful No. You can download that for free at thebeautifulno.com. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks Great for having us. That was, was a fun. I feel uplifted. Fun. I feel really good. Yeah. Well, until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. <laughs> thanks for all the ways you support us. Give us a good rating on iTunes. Subscribe to the show. And pledge your support at patreon.com slash thebittersweetlifepodcast. 
And for goodness sake, interact with us on social media. Just search for the Bittersweet Life podcast on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Or send us an email at bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, send us a letter there too. Our logo is by Jody Rick at the Lost Laboratory with help from our muse, Caravaggio. Talk to you next week. Bye.